0: In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be analyzing the draw in the Derby della Madonnina against Milan, previewing Torino, this week's Mogi, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempre
1: inter.com.
0: Ronaldo, salta anche e mette 3-0. Agamo, il principe, il Solo, il tiro, è gol,
1: è gol, è gol, e Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo! E lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti! La prima squadra che vince qua! È la
0: nostra Inter, l'Inter vince Edillo! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni
1: d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! I più forti siamo noi!
0: Benvenuti, bentornati, to another edition of Studio Inter. I am your host, Nima Tavalloi Wishing, hoping everyone had a nice Easter and that you've recovered from the b- breathtaking derby game that we had last night uh, as we're recording on a Thursday. Um, but that's something we've only done because it's, it was Easter. first starting next week, we'll be back on our regular Monday record on Monday, published on Tuesday spot. Um, but here to discuss and analyze the derby with me is uh, the newest addition to the staff uh, writing team, Mr. Will Beckman.
2: Thank you, Nima. Good evening. Good evening. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm properly
0: one of you now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Although you sounded really like that was a somber good evening. Like what? You sound fucking gutted. Um, <laughs> oh. Sorry.
2: <laughs> you? It wasn't intentional.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, and uh, when things are good, when things are happy, we bring in our, our own Mr. Positivity, all the way from Dubai, uh, Mr. Mohammed Nasser. How are you?
3: Hey, guys. Great to be back at the pod.
0: Good to have you back. And we are also joined by Semprinter.com's own lead tactical analyst, uh, Mr. Mitchell Hayward. Welcome, Mitch-, Mitch.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.
0: Nice uh, to have you on. Um, we brought you on because we y- you do our, you do all our tactical analysis uh, for the site, and there was yeah. quite an important game last night um, that had quite a bit of tactical things that you might that I, feel, that, I that I suspect you would like to talk about. Um, would you? Uh, well, where do you want to start?
1: Um, well, there was a, there was a lot going on. I thought um, in the match actually, um, I thought. Uh, that Milan played um, they, they set out to counter from the get go that was quite clear to see um, Inter <clears throat> Inter dominated large parts of the game and as we all know I guess <clears throat> we should have won that fairly comfortably um, so yeah
0: what do, what do you think about um, the Inter's midfield um, was, was there anything there that caught your, your eye?
1: Rafinha I mean, he played a free role. Um, he wasn't. You could see Kandreva tucked in a lot, um, which allowed Rafinha to just to just, just do what he wants essentially. Um, what else? Did
0: you? Um, rozovic
1: of course. I mean, I've, I I looked at Brozavich, um and he played uh, very well. Um, his link up with Perisic was was clear to see as well. So.
0: What, what do you make of uh, Brozovic in this uh, regista role?
1: Yeah, he th- he's been doing well. I mean, he's he's changed to this deep role in what the past three or four games, I'd say, um, and he looks a completely different player. I mean, from January, what he was going—I think it was like eleventh eleventh hour thing when he was meant to be going to Sevilla. Yeah,
0: um, he, he was on—he was almost on his on a plane over there. <laughs> yeah. he tugged him out of his seatbelt,
1: took him yeah. off the, yeah. the last minute. And I think I mean at the time I think all all of uh, all of us would, would have been fine with it really um, as long as a replacement was brought in we would have been fine with it but looking at it now it's it's great that we kept him mm. so he's been great. and he played he played well again yeah, yeah, yesterday he, he played he looks played he very looks well.
0: um, he, I mean we we everyone has said I mean we I've said it a hundred times on this show that for me Brozovic has everything talent wise to become a world class player but he doesn't seem to have the mentality or the brains. I mean, Luciano Spalletti has managed to bring life or, you know, give, give Brozovic a brain implant. And that, to me, might be his, you know, might be his biggest feature yeah. yet. Because um, he looks so comfortable in that holding role. It's like the most natural thing for him. Uh, and, and it's really interesting, because that's, that's, that's a part of the pitch where we've struggled. I mean, Inter have been rumored linked with so many different players, Torreira... Uh, to name one in Sampdoria, but I mean, if Brozovic continues like this, Mo, uh, Mo, do you think we should hang on to him next season, or should we cash in and, and try to bring someone new? Uh,
3: it's a difficult question because you really never know with uh, with uh, Epic Brozo, no. So, <laughs> if uh, if the mental issues uh, have worked themselves out and he seems to uh, continue to be able to, uh, I mean, consistency is always has uh, has always been his issue. So if he Proves himself to be consistent for ten games, like three and the remaining seven. Then, I guess it makes sense to uh, to, to keep him because this is, this, this trio—Rafinha, Brozovic, and uh, Galliardini—has been by far our most effective um, midfield combination. I mean, we we had some some luck in the beginning of the season with uh, Gagliardini, Bisino, and uh, Valero, but the way these three are able to express themselves and flow freely three between the roles, uh, it's, its it's been the best midfield we've seen so far. So it, it, it all depends. It's, it's in his hands. If he continues to perform this way, then for sure we keep him. But if not, then he should go.
0: Um, where do you stand on the Brozo issue, um, Will? Well, I
2: remember a few weeks ago, I compared him to a credit card number somehow. Um, for the way that his his performances went up and down you know one week he'd be a 7 next week he'd be a 3 and so on but you know, i mean at the moment he's the answer and uh, you know spalletti said it himself on on saturday he said you know I, if anything i took too long to realize that that was Brozovic's position you know and i should have realized beforehand because he's given our uh, he's given our play the kind of fluidity and the kind of um uh he used the word pulizia which is like sort of cleanliness the sort of the the, the, the rapidity of the attacking play that we we could have done with a few weeks earlier when we were really struggling to create chances um so I mean, at the moment he's been exceptional I think he was probably the best player um probably on the pitch I mean was it I think he may have been man of the match last night I can't think of anyone else who was maybe that maybe one of the maybe Romagnoli or, or Miranda maybe but he, he was up there on the on the podium if you like the best players last night and it's not the first game in the last few weeks that he's done that so you know at the moment it's working brilliantly and um and there's no reason to tamper with it. You know, he's also one of the things that I've noticed in the last couple of games is that he's also improved Gagliardini's performances. You know, it's not just that he's been good. He's he's made the mechanism work better. So in that sense, it's been a it's been a really noticeable step up in the, in the level of our in the level of Inter's play. And you know, so when you talk about, you know, Cancelo improving, Rafinha having come in and found his physical condition in the kind of increase in the in the increasing quality that we've been, this team—it's also down to Brozovic. It's also down to the way that he's fitted in. As far as you know, projecting ahead to next season is concerned, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with building a team around Brozovic as the playmaker. You know, I'd like—if I mean—if he plays like this well until the end of the season, and we had maybe ten, ten games in a row, then maybe you could maybe consider it. But you know, I, I, these there are so many of these you know, Balkan players, you know, I remember something that I heard a few about the Croatian national team a few months ago, you know, it was Paolo Kondo, he said, you know, these the Croatians, they, they seduce you and then they betray you. You know, <laughs> you can never really be sure until, you can never entirely be sure that, that you can trust them. I mean, we've seen this with Perisic as well. Thankfully he's back in, he's back in his better form now, but I mean, I'm still, a, I'm still a little nervous At the moment, I think this is a great period of the season which may help Inter should they need to do so in the summer to get a good fee for him. Because if we sold Brozovic in the summer, we'd get much more than we would have got in January. I mean, so you said he was going to go to Sevilla, but Sevilla weren't willing to buy him. You know, they were going to, they were going to take him on loan with, a, with an option or something, which was like, I think it was about 30 million. I and mean, I think we all thought, okay, great. He's going to leave for six months, but they're never going to pay 30 million for him. Looking at this Brozovic, if, you, if you're if you playing a midfield too, then you probably would because yeah. he's been, you know, he's been working really well. And, and you know, either Spalletti has found an option for next season or he's valorized a player we thought had been lost. Um, and is going to is going to help the t- is going to help the club get some money in the summer. But I wouldn't want to make that decision now. You know, I, I I'd keep going with him for sure. But you know, I I I don't want to say that he's the answer yet. I think that this team has got a lot of a lot of question marks still over it. If, you know, projecting towards next season in terms of midfield. But I think Spalletti deserves credit because you're right. I mean, we all saw the way that he was. He was booed when he came off against Bologna, and that wasn't that wasn't two years ago. That was less than two months ago, and we thought this was you know this this had finished. He, he couldn't see the pitch ever again, and Spalletti knew that that he had to he had to recover him because we don't have an infinite number of options in midfield. So it just proves that you know coaches have to always decide, you know on the by themselves they have to do what they think. And not let anyone else condition them, because if Spalletti had let all of us condition what he was thinking, he'd have he'd have excluded Bosovic, and we'd have been still struggling. So he's done well to to keep on to keep hold of him and, and sort of pull this unexpectedly brilliant player out of him. so it continues.
3: That's a really good point about Spalletti. Huh? Like, uh, I mean, credit goes to him first, but like the 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 loneliness of that decision-making process and and the cross that you have to bear once that decision doesn't work is it's it's not easy we take it for granted post fact but it really isn't easy when you when you analyze the decision and its consequences uh, beforehand
0: it's a brave decision. Um, it's a gutsy decision to do that in that situation Inter we're in, and I think it's very typical, as you said, of Spalletti, because he, he he's a very stubborn person, isn't he? He 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 goes. <laughs> well, coaches coaches
2: have to be to an yes, extent.
0: Yeah, but there's a difference between being an ass like Walter Mazzarri and being stubborn like Spalletti. I mean, don't, um, don't, um, don't, don't jinx this yeah. Sunday anymore. No, well, we're going <laughs> to be we, nice to him. We're going to get to 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 uh, this, my favourite Mourinho quote uh, about Martelli, oh, about how a donkey oh, will never win the derby. Um, but um, <laughs> well, I think I think you may
2: have just spoiled that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's true. I mean that's pretty much what he called them. But I mean no, but that's what I like about Spalletti is that he's also very good at communication and communicating with the players. I mean, we were all wondering if he'd lost his mind a couple of weeks ago when he, after the Napoli game, went out and basically <laughs> took the team apart. And then, but he knew exactly what he was doing because the following week they destroyed Sampdoria and then Hellas and then dominated against Milan. So. You know, he's, 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 he's good at uh, building a dressing room and, and, and you know, manoeuvring the, the, the dynamics of a dressing room. He's really, you know, he's really good at that. Uh, when he gets it right, he gets it really right. And it seems to have worked really well at Inter, so far at least.
2: Yeah, there was, um, Italian football lost a great figure a couple of weeks ago in Emiliano Mondonico. And mm. um, he, um, he, one of his last television appearances was on, was on Sky Italy a few months ago, and he was being asked about sort of the solitude of, of the of the, mod, the modern manager. And he was saying, you know, the, the 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 modern manager, you know, whenever he starts listening too much to what other people are saying, is finished. You know, you've got to have, mm. you've got to be able to decide these things by yourself and to kind of isolate yourselves from, from everyone else, because ultimately, you know, you have to be fully convinced in what you're doing. I think that's what Spalletti's been, been so good at. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I use the example of Brozovic to. To um, to to highlight his his sort of um, I suppose thick skinnedness, if that's a word, which I don't think it is. But um, you know, the, the other thing that none of us approved of was those comments. You know, we thought he we thought he'd lost his mind. It sounded like he was waving the white flag and preparing exactly. you know, preparing the ground for a departure in the summer. You know, to sort of to to, to shifting the blame if if Inter weren't able to make the, the to make the Champions League. But he actually he knew exactly what he was doing. You know, he'd realised that. after after months of protecting his players to the hilt and jolting even at the mere hint of 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 a question in a press conference about the transfer market. You know, how many times in the last four months, the first five or six months of the season, did he say, why are you talking about the Mercato? How can I go back into the dressing room if I come here and talk about the Mercato? You know, we have to support these players. We have to make them feel that they're good enough, as if they were these kind of fragile little objects that were going to be... That were going to be sort of have their confidence shattered by the thought of Inter signing someone in the summer. And, you know, it worked for a while, but after a while, he realized that he wasn't getting any responses. So, after a good result, when he knew that it wouldn't be too exacerbated because Inter had played well, so it was something he could get away with, he attacked them. Yeah. And, and it worked.
0: It. Yeah, it worked. Uh, Mitch, uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday, when we release this, your technical uh, your yes. analysis will be out. Um uh is there anything you wanna is there anything you wanna plug in that piece? Like any
1: particular um, Yeah, there was a couple of, there was a lot like I said at the start, there was a lot of little things that, that stood out to me. I mean SUSO was nowhere to be seen in the match for me. Um Milan created they didn't create anything really. I mean their best chance came in the first half from a free kick, which which Randanovich done really well to save.
0: It was a miraculous um, save. I mean, well, okay, it, yeah, was, it, was. it was. It was. It was a great Jeez, save. <laughs> how the hell did he save that? I thought it was a goal. I was convinced the ball
1: was. Yeah, a but apart from that, from Milan, I mean, like I say, they set up the counter, um, and and that was it. But for Inter, their press was very good. Um, but like I say, with Rafinha, with this free roll, when we're defending, he uh, he always sits on the DM. So for this one, it was it was Montolivo and uh, with a card, he pressed Bonucci because Benucci's better than Rob passing out from the back. and Because, uh, I don't know if you all saw, but they, they, Milan really tried to play out from the back. Hmm. Um, and we've we done well to stop, that. I thought. So, yeah, there, there, obviously i got more to talk about, but also awesome. like I say, there's a lot of little things.
0: Yeah, those are one of the most popular pieces we have uh, of our exclusive content, so be sure to check that out. Uh, before we let Mitch go, uh, what's your Twitter handle, if people want to follow you?
1: Uh, it's m Hayward with a, an X with a second A. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll let you go back and watch the mighty Arsenal. After all, it is Thursday, so um, <laughs> go and watch them, and, and good luck uh, in that game. And uh, talk to get to have you on, and looking forward to have you on some other time.
1: All right. Thanks for having me on. See you guys. Ciao.
0: Right. Uh, let's continue with the derby. Um, we 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 need to there is there are, there are issues we need to address and we're going to get to the Icardi uh, thing soon but um, there's just one thing I wanted to bring up with um, in terms of the VAR and the thing is like the offside goal I mean if you look at it strictly it is offside he is he is a fraction offside and a fraction offside is he is offside but my problem is not with that call itself my problem is with the call previously where <laughs> Icardi was one and a half yards onside, but the referee but the linesman pulled his flag and they didn't allow the the play to continue um and then use the VAR. You see that's the consistency that annoys me with the VAR and I think that's kind of what what most people are annoyed with the VAR as well. The lack of consistency that it kind of chops up a game. Um what do you what do you
3: think? If I may Yeah if I may. Go for it. I think overall uh the VAR is a vast improvement on on football without VAR. And as with any new system, there's always going to be hiccups, and there's always, uh, there's always going to be problems and a learning process. And I think, me personally, I don't want to harp on VAR. I love VAR. I love it infinitely more than, you know, Serie A without, without the VAR.
0: Absolutely, it's given more and fair results. At the end of you know the day,
3: he, he was offside yesterday, like... It, it was an offside call. Does, does VAR mean that we're going to eliminate one hundred percent of the bad calls? No. Does VAR mean that today you're like does does your right or, or the call that goes correctly not in your favor? That two months ago something I went to, went that didn't go in your favor incorrectly. You know, it, it's not going to eliminate these 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 um, scenarios. But overall, this area is far more just and level platform with var and I, I I love it for that mm. so I, I understand where you're coming from like I, I I'm not I'm not like you' you're, you're not I I know where you're coming from but what what are I where I like from where I stand <laughs> I feel like it's like I don't want to harp on this I don't need a Simone and Zagi on this I wanna <laughs> like
0: I think I think it's love, impossible love
3: to the VAR, <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, like, I love the VAR, and at the end of the day, yesterday was, unfortunately, like, by three centimeters, maybe, like, you know, like, so it was uh, e card. He was offside, and they had to rule it out. And well, what are you going to do, you know, like, now, what I'm if they looked that and the they system, saw, and he's offside?
0: Well, yeah, this is what I mean that I think well, they, they need to improve to next season is to kind of resolve these inconsistencies because. In that case, I mean, then, 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 you know, if you want to stretch it out to the extreme, then you really don't even need a linesman there. You just have the VAR there. You know what I mean? Uh, in in a way that that could be that could be the end result. But what I'm saying, I I don't know. They I think they need to find a good way so that we don't have situations where Icardi is is, is you know whistled is a judge to be offside when he isn't, and then he's he's judged to be onside when he isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's this kind of, you know, either let the game go on or don't let it go on. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And I yeah, think yeah, that, but me. I
3: think the criteria is a, a, a go, uh, like a goal scoring, not opportunity, like a goal scoring event. Yeah. So if he's incorrectly judged offside, but he never scored the goal, so it doesn't matter. It's not like it was a goal, and then we go back and off oh, he he was onside, you know. And there's always going to be that cusp somewhere. The line has to be drawn somewhere in the sand, yeah, and some sometimes the cookie crumbles this way, and sometimes it goes that way, you know.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Let's move on then uh, uh, to um, the, uh, the the game itself. The game itself, and um, did you expect? I mean, I, w- I gotta say, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, obviously, I, 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 you know, having watched Milan and Inter these past few weeks, I did not expect Milan to play so defensively uh, against Inter, especially after having watched them against Juventus, where I thought they played really, really well. Um, but this, 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 this game seemed a little bit more like Inter were the ones who were eight points behind and had to win whilst the Milan were, were, were defending a, a, a lead, where it was the exact opposite. and I was a little bit worried uh, at times that maybe this would you know obviously given the amount of uh, chances into creative but never managed to score, uh, I, I just the, the longer the game kept going on, I was worried that this was, will come and bite us in the ass. Now thankfully it didn't. Um, but but I got to say I, I was a little bit surprised that Inter were the were the team that were that, that Gattuso decided to play such like a defensive counter attack football. Um, were you surprised, Will?
2: Well, yeah, I was at the time. But but then kind of looking back on it, I think it makes more sense. You know, one of the the clear trends of Milan's last few games has been that they have been uh, that they've kind of hit the buffers from a physical point of view. You know, they've had this incredible um fight back in the last two months where they've been going at 100 miles an hour in every game they've won i think they've won eight games a, and drawn one of them before the game against juventus um after the international break and um and they've kind of they've kind of become a bit tired um you know against genoa they they didn't play very well and they won in the last minute against kibble they went two one down and they, they they got that one back at the end but it was a, it was a, it was a tricky game for them uh, you've got the, the double-headed tie against arsenal which um uh, Gattuso was criticised for in the first leg. Cause I think uh, the postponement in the derby um, made him change his sort of physical preparation in training for that week, leading up to the Arsenal game. And they looked very leggy in the first game, in the first half of that first leg against Arsenal. Um, and you know, you say that they they played well against Juventus on um, on Saturday, but I think that was probably part of the reason. You know, one of the reasons a lot of people. A lot of Inter fans were pleased this game was rearranged for this for this day was because it came four days after the Juventus game and you know even in the Juventus game Milan eventually lost it for their for a physical dip in the last half an hour you know Gattuso after the game was um, he said the difference between us and Juventus was their, phys- was their physicality you know Ch- Chalonoglu hits the bar and plays brilliantly for really you know for 70 minutes but then. You know, with ten minutes left, he loses the ball, and instead of sprinting back to get back into position, he stops and sort of argues with his teammates. And then, lo and behold, Cadira crosses, and Cuadrado scores from the position that he should have been in, at the far post. You know, so Milan just they, they didn't quite have the, the intensity to, to finish that game out. And I think that was what um, what was expected. I think that's why he did it. You know, it was it was similar to to the, the first half of the first derby where Milan were really deep and didn't do anything at all for you know for forty five minutes. Um, and then in the second half, they came forward and, and sort of blitzed into for twenty minutes and could have scored more than the, the one goal they scored in that period. Um, but I think it was, you know, it was probably a decision. You know, Kutuzo said after the game, this, after last night's game, um, you know, we've been we've been doing we've been running and running and running for so for three months, and now there are several key players who are struggling a bit more, and they haven't got the same um, kind of spark, the same physical energy that they had before. So I think it was probably a decision. To be cautious for the first half, not you know, not drain yourself of energy and then hope for something on the break. But as, as you said, you know, it didn't, that that moment never really came. You know, there was a there was a there was a goal that Kutronis scored, which was offside.
0: What um, a finish much, that was. I mean yeah, it was a very was a good finish. He's it, was, he's, it was it was he's he's, good. That kid is damn yeah, good.
2: A, yeah, he's a very good player. You know, he's he's um he's still incomplete, but he's uh he's got a lot of um he's got a lot of good technical ability. Um, so yeah, I think that was I think that was why I, I think Milan were, were I think Coutinho was conscious of the difficult moment Milan were in and tried to you know tried to adapt to it. You know, I remember when we spoke about the Fiorentina game a couple of months ago when Inter looked like they were they were they were split in two when they were trying to press. Mm. And one of the things that I think we mentioned on the pod was you know if you haven't got the physical condition to go up the team and, and take them high up the pitch, then don't do it. You know, be aware of the moment you're living and i think that's probably that's probably what happened i mean talking about the game itself i there's been a strange kind of um uh, disconnect between a of lots of the um the media reaction to i was watching I was watching a program last night where they were talking about the and They said it was really, you know, it was really poor quality. It was dull. There were two teams that really slow, not a good spectacle, you know, which is nothing compared to the Champions League games. Italian football is bad, blah, blah, blah. And then I was listening to some other people today and saying, you know, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's been the first time that I've, I thought it was a lot. Of, I thought it was quality. You know, it was, it was, it was intense. It was, it was hard fought. I'm not, I'm not sure where I sit on that, but I thought it was a good game. I didn't think it was the same. I don't think it was, a, it wasn't the worst nil-nil draw that I've ever seen. You know, I mean, you remember the nil-nil draw that we had three years ago with Mancini? That was awful. That game in 2015. You know, this was a much better derby, and this was a game between, you know, two sides for whom, you know, the, the worst is behind them for both of these teams. Um, there were a lot of errors. There were a lot of sort of technical mistakes and bad decisions. But I didn't feel like it was a, it was a kind of. Um, Poor quality game. I'm still not sure quite how I how I marry those two opinions up, but I'm I'm convinced that they were good ideas. You know, I thought Inter played really well for some periods, and and you know, Milan had ten minutes at the start of the second half where they were on top. So I don't know. It was it was interesting. I mean, i I was surprised. I, I did fear that Inter would lose the game, but we have to remember that a lot has changed um, since the, the the day that the derby was supposed to be played. You know, all the talk heading into this match was how the ta- the, ter- the the tables had been turned since the last game. You know, Milan were really good favourites there. Inter were lambs to the slaughter. You know, we were on that part a month ago with Adam Somerton saying, you know, we were, just, we were fumbling around looking for, you know, for things that we could maybe be optimistic about. You know, we said that, you know, a nil-nil draw is pretty much all we can hope for. Um, and, you know, on this occasion, it was Milan who were a little bit tired. Inter were, have been, have, you know, have, have, um, have sort of kicked on again and they've, they've rediscovered themselves. Um, but he said they, they found a much better version of themselves than they were six months ago. Um, so in that sense, it was, it wasn't surprising. But you know, I think it confirms that we are, we have nothing to fear from this Milan team. You know, we are not, we haven't been a worse team for them for the last three months. We've just been in, they've been in better form. They've been in a better physical condition. And last night, it looked like we were in a better physical condition. So I think, I think there's a lot of good signs coming out of this game, despite yeah. the the the, um, the obvious bitterness for for a win that well, should have been.
0: let's let's talk about that bitterness because uh, Mauro Icardi's two misses uh, were, were 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 staggering to say the least. I mean, I've I've seen people try to say, well, you know, the first one maybe he shouldn't, the second one, but I, I I don't think there's any excuses for either one. Both of them should be should be goals in my opinion. What do you think, Mo?
3: Um, I think the first one is certainly is certainly a more obvious uh, miss. The second one, like I don't, I don't think anyone could have gotten to that ball except Cardi, you know, to, to actually make contact with that ball. Any other striker would have probably missed it by like half a yard. So I, I, but you know, it's it's uh, you have to you have to you know. You have to be honest and in your critique with the players, with regardless of who they are, and you know. Uh, but you know, that first goal would have been called. Uh, w- w- would have would have stood had there not been VAR. So I don't know. I, I like it sucks, but shit happens. Like I I, I don't want to harp on too much about it. It's you know it's it's happened. It's happened many times. It's happened many times. Uh, Vieri against did it, us I remember us.
0: Vieri missed uh, absolute sitter when I was in Italy. It was 2001. Uh, 2000, yeah, 2000-2001 season where he missed against Juventus yeah. an absolute sitter. And then Samuel Eto'o I think did something like that 2010-2011. I think it was against Juve or was it against Milan again? I can't remember. But this was twice in one game as a captain. And look, he's bound the, to do the I, do I see
3: this. Sure. I mean, of course, he, he, he's going to get criticized, not by me, you know. Like he's going to get his fair share of criticism from everyone—from Milan fans, from uh, Icardi haters, from the anti-Icardi squad in uh, in Inter Tifosi, whatever. But not not from me. I'm I'm like it is what it is. He—it's not like he, he set out to miss these passes. Of course, that's you know, it's it's not, it's not like he didn't give hundred and ten percent. He stretched his leg out. Um you know to to to, to try and Hello? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm here, we're here.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know it, it told me that connections uh
0: Yeah, so uh Will um uh yeah uh Will what are your what are you what are your two cents on this?
2: Well, I mean, there is no explanation for it, you know, but other than that he's a human being. You know, if you know, he's he's spent the last six months waking up an alien and, you know, scoring from his first shot on goal and making our matches a lot easier, you know. And I'm not gonna get on his back if, you know, once he, he doesn't do that, you know, he's it's it's not um he's you can't blame him for being human. Um, well, you know, and obviously he's going to be criticised for this, you know, and the the, the the front pages are not front pages he's going to be laminating on his wall, you know, because I think the Gazette's front pages was, Icardi si mange il derby, you know, Icardi yeah. devours the chance yeah. to win the derby, yeah, but look, I mean, he completely won, he won the first derby by himself, look, and you know, if we look yeah, at absolutely, absolutely,
0: and
3: yeah, absolutely. the,
2: and the yeah. flow of that look, derby, look, you know, that look, was probably look, a derby that Inter deserved to win less than this one.
0: Can I, and can, we want can, it. I, can I just say something here? Look, I think there has to be a middle ground. Like there has to be a middle ground between Icardi is shit, Icardi is always amazing. Like I think there has to be a middle ground where you actually are able to discuss and judge his performance without it turning into a <laughs> complete, without it. To, <laughs> no, but without it turning into a complete shit show. Because I mean, otherwise it's basically yeah. North, otherwise it's basically North Korea. You know, Kim Jong Un was born. And as soon as he came out of the womb, he ran the marathon and beat the world record kind of thing. And that's just ridiculous. I mean, who wants to listen to that? And who wants to, you know, that's just a boring way of analyzing. The way I look at it is this. The guy is a phenomenon. The guy is a phenomenon. His his stats are, are amazing. There's no discussing that. But there has to be a breaking point where when he has a poor performance, like the one he had against Milan yesterday, which I think was one of his worst performances in an Inca shirt. we have to be able to discuss that without it turning into such a polarised debate. That, that, that's the only so, thing so I think. By, I, don't think by, said by, that we I don't think anyone said that we can't do that. No, but it's like, it just feel like you can't criticise him. It's like, if you... How
2: could you <laughs> not criticise him for yesterday? Like, so, But you no, know, but you, know, you know you what I mean? He it's had like, an awful game. He's missed two
0: chances that were extraordinary. But it finishes there. What are you going to do? You're going to drop him for the next game no, and start with Ederson? Of course Of course not. That would be madness. But what I'm saying yeah. is that that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there is there is an aspect here also that I mean it wasn't just the two missed chances. It was it was a little bit of the because I think under Spalletti we've seen a, I, I think I've seen Icardi raise his game. His movement is much much better. His vision is better. His his movement for the team, the way he he's not as isolated as he used to be before. But yesterday against Milan, I thought we saw a, a, a fall back to old sins a little bit. I thought he was very... He didn't move as much as he usually does, except for once or twice during the 90 minutes. Um, I thought he... His, um, his finishing... Well, <laughs> I mean, there's no discussion there. He missed two open goals. But at the same time, you know, it's... Look... I, I don't want to make, create something bigger than, than it needs to be here, but at the same time, he's, he's the captain of Inter, okay? And with that comes a lot of responsibility. With that comes a lot of expectation. I mean, big, when you have your captain as your striker, he, 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 it's expected of him to not miss two open goals in the derby when you can pretty much uh, you know, go 11, 11 points clear of the team in sixth place, which is your crosstown rivals. I think you can, you know, you, you you have to be able to ask more, and you have to be able to say not good enough without it saying without that being interpreted that oh he's shit or we need to drop him or no you know what I mean like I'm just saying little you know that's 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 just my two cents of this whole Icardi thing I don't know what do you
3: guys think? So I think that. Um had it been for Icardi's lack of effort or like you're like like you're saying like improper positioning or uh, whatever. But the guy gave it all. It's it's like he, he he left it all on the pitch. There's nothing there's nothing more to give. And it just didn't connect to the right angle. Like you know hmm. you, I, you you can ask my wife. I, I, I celebrated <laughs> both these goals yeah, like a too. fucking nutcase. Me you too. know like I didn't even bother, wait for the ball in the net. I saw the cross coming from the left, from the right. It, it Icardi was alone in front of Donnarumma. I knew he was going in. And I, I I ran, and I jumped, and I threw shit around the house. And, <laughs> and then I, I, I turned around, and I, I says what? Nil-Nil, what? what the fuck's going on? And I had to watch the replay five or six times to really, for it to fully register that Icardi missed an open goal. The same with the second chance. but. Less so, for me, the first chance was more. You know, uh, the Candreva cross was 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 more uh, more uh, um, egregious. Mm. But it is what it is. There's been there's been so many times when the opposite has happened, and if we can't cut him slack now, it's not like we're saying let's never let's never criticize ricardi Of course. We're saying these are crazinesses. It's it's absolutely out of out of character, out of stature, out of whatever. But if we're not going to cut him slack now, then when are we ever going to? You know, like this. He's fundamentally like the, the old, like. I, I the, the, remember that we were going to do the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And it didn't work out. There was this uh, huge uh, tram thing at Gothenburg, and that 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 day, I I uh, it was. Uh, it was the day after the Sampdoria game, and Inter had released a couple of uh, Hall of Fame videos on the Inter YouTube YouTube channel, and then a, a compilation of the um, Icardi's hundred goals. And I watched these hundred goals, and honestly, it 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 gave me goosebumps. That we are blessed to have this counter squad. He's played Absolutely. with the worst of the worst. Yep, that's true. In the worst conditions that doesn't, that doesn't and, he, and he stuck with
0: us. I'm not. Yeah, but that, that you know? goes without saying. All of that is true. I'm just saying that as a I, captain I, at Inter, um, there are you know, the, uh, Inter is a big club, or at least despite the results, I think Inter is a big club. I think we all do. And at Inter, at clubs like Inter, Milan, uh, Juve, uh, you know, Real Madrid, Man United, no matter who you talk about, when in that position, I mean Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a divine player. I love the guy, but there's no discussion. That when it, comes, when it came to the Champions League, every year of his career, when he was supposed to step up, he choked. He choked every he fucking single time. Yeah. He, ch- he choked every single time. Now, uh, with PSG, he choked. Uh, with Inter, he choked. Uh, with Milan, he kind of choked. With, with uh, Barcelona, he never got to play, really. Um, I mean, do you, you know what I mean? So, so that, I just I'm just saying that there has to be a little bit of nuance in the debate. Um, <laughs> and and with 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 I think with with uh, with Icardi yesterday, I think he choked. Like there's no, then there's no, you know one. Yeah, sure. The ball can bounce. It was wet. It was raining heavily. The pitch was incredibly fast. It was really heavy. Uh, the ball was like a pinball machine at times, and that's why a lot of these technical uh, mistakes were made. If you ask me, because it was absolutely pouring down. But at the end of the day. There's no excuse because he, this guy's stats, he himself has raised the bar so high for us to demand so much of him because he's scored like, what is it? he? Scores on one, every one and a half touches in the penalty area. Do you know what I mean? When you have those insane stats, when you've scored 104 goals, when you've scored so much, then you automatically raise the bar. And and I think that's that's something that he would want as well because I mean, that's what world, you know That's what winner, you know, people with a winner mentality want to want to have you want they want to have the pressure on them They want to have expectations on them and they want to be able to deliver and when they don't they will get criticized and there's nothing more than that, that, that That's just that's just what I'm saying
3: Sure, true, true, absolutely
0: <laughs> right um, let's um let's i wanted to ask uh, i wanted to uh, basically also get into a little bit about Joao Cancelo cuz um i'm in love <laughs> like i don't you know Rafinha is a great <laughs> player but Joao Cancelo like seriously damn he's good <laughs> like we uh, please i mean i think it was Daniela Adani, former Inter central defender who said that it would be a mortal sin not to rede- redeem him from Valencia and we haven't seen a fullback like this in almost a decade play for Inter. And he's so young, too. He's only 23 years old. I say keep him. Um, I say do whatever you have to do to keep this guy because he's so damn good. Um, and, and his performance. I mean, he kept that entire right flank. And when Kandreva went out and they switched into a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2, he owned that right flank. Um, I, I, I'm so in awe of this guy, um, who, when we when he arrived, uh, people who watched uh, Valencia, everyone said that uh, he, his, his offense is great, but his defense is lacking. That's been somewhat true, but I feel that under Spalletti, he's actually developed that side of his game as well, and he's becoming more and more a complete fullback. Um, what do you say, Will? I mean, did you if, if the choice was down to Rafinha or Cancelo, who would you take?
2: Cancelo. But I'd want
0: both. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. What about you, Mo? Rafinha. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. 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 Argue. Argue the. Argue your case. Uh,
3: who starts, Will or uh, me?
0: You. Uh, you can start.
3: Look. So I think. Um, uh, I, I, I think the. I don't want to say that uh, Rafinha plays as a trequartista, but I, I, I feel like the, any player in the last third has far more of an opportunity to affect the game positively and affect it and have an impact on the entire performance of the team. Will, you were talking earlier about, uh, or maybe it was Mitch, I can't remember, but about uh, Brozovic in his new role elevating Gagliardini's uh, performances. I think it's not just Brozovic. I think it's the three of them working together as a unit elevating each other's per- it's like resonance you know everyone's got a fundamental frequency and and when their frequencies all like align suddenly you have harmony and 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 I feel like Rafinia is is that guy he's he's that guy that we're missing under a Spalletti, you know uh, module he's that guy who does something different in the final third, in terms of like ball retention, ball possession, etc. There is no doubt that Cancelo is, like the improvement at right back that Cancelo provides us is far higher than the improvement that Rafinha provides us in the final third. But that position is so much more important in a game, that position of Rafinha is so much more important of a game, that any, like, percentage marginal increase in performance is so much more impactful than that of a right back. D'Ambrosio, you know, D'Ambrosio, D'Ambrosio <laughs> is, he, he, he is what he is. But, you know, fact of the matter is, we were doing well with, with him, you know. Like, sure, he we, we, we might have scored in, in you know, in a season three less goals than, than than we had than we would have had had uh, Cancelo been in his position because of his poor crossing or whatever his the decision making in the final third, et cetera, et cetera. But as a right back, he did the nuts and bolts stuff well enough. He defended, he blocked, he passed the ball seventy percent of the time correctly, and, and that's that's all you needed from him. What Cancelo gives us is, he gives us that mycon thing, that threat behind Candreva, and he allows Candreva to cut in behind he, like like he, He's freed Candreva up. That's, that's what Cancelo has done most profoundly. But in terms of overall module, I feel like the fact that Rafinha now exists in that final third has done so much more in terms of like the entire team balance than 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 then has. But again, like like Will said, I take both, but gone to head, I'd probably pick Rafinha. You know? I want both.
0: Well we'll argue your case.
2: Look, there, is, there is no scenario, there is no set of circumstances that could sort of come together over the next two months. That could justify Cancelo not being an Inter player, that this time next season starts. You know, it is, it is number one priority on the list, more than completing the other sections of the squad that need completing. You know, this is. I'm going to echo what Paolo Condor said today. You know, you cannot lose Cancelo. Right? It does. There, there's a scenario in which Inter doesn't doesn't have Cancelo next season cannot exist. Right? He's he 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 basically allows you to play with 12 men because he does so many different things. You know, he's... He is, he is... He is so... He's... I mean, you... See, I've lost my words. I'm just stumbling, because <laughs> I, I'm so dumbstruck struck by what we've got at Right Back. No, look, the... It's interesting what... Um, what Mo said about about the number ten being the most one of the, a more important role in in an absolute sense than a right back, I'm not entirely sure that I agree. Although there's no there's no denying that Inter's problem this season for the first six months was that they didn't have a number ten, and now that they've got something that that sort of resembles a number ten, if not you know completely resembles one, I think Cancelo is is has been crucial. I mean, if you were to pick one one sort of um, symbol, one face. To represent the new Inter that's come in in the last couple of months, it has to be Cancelo. I mean, Cancelo is—he's um, a right back, but he's not just a right back. He's also a trequartista. He's also a winger. He's also a mezzala because he, he's also—you know—he does so many different things. And the thing that differentiates him from Micón is that Cancelo comes into midfield and helps Brozovic with Inter's playmaking, you know, like Danny Alves did last season at Juventus, you know, like Guardiola does with his fullbacks. You know, he gives you that. I mean, you think about, if we're going to talk about the importance of a trequartista. look at Inter's third goal against Samp, the, 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 the backhill. Who plays that ball from to Perisic on the wing? It's Cancelo, because he's run inside and played a through ball with his, run, in the number 10 position. You know, he, he has all these different qualities that, that enables you to play with, with 12 men, essentially. You know, he's, is you know, and right backs like this are very rare. You know, fullbacks are very important in the modern game, you know, because of the way that the game is developed, there's a lot less space. There are a lot of teams that don't let you play with your playmaker because they press them, they press your best centre ball playing centre half. And so often, you know, the stats tell you that the, the fullbacks are often the, the the players that touch the ball most because they've got more space. If you've got a fullback that can you can do all these veronicas and, and flicks and tricks and passes and and always has a, a qualitative option rather than just a sort of a banal pass sideways to your centre half, then you know you you have to you have to you know you have to try and make the most of that because Cancelo is is special. You know, and he's not he won't be a world beater. I mean he was sent off in his last game for Portugal. So but in Serie A he's he's priceless. You know he's he's so much better than D'Ambrosio doing that. I mean D'Ambrosio tries but it's not the same. You know, we are so much less dangerous without Cancelo and, and you see it now that now that you have him I just—I can't imagine that, that Inter could could let this slip. I mean, if, I don't know if they'll be able to try and get a, a discount on the price. I don't know. But even if it even if it stays at thirty-five million, you, know, you can't you can't let this guy slip through your fingers. He's you know he did you know he's got such good technique. He's got he's 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 I I
0: I just love him. All right, I, I think. Okay. Um, let uh, I'll let the listeners. Uh, <laughs> we could go on for another couple yeah, of minutes. Yeah, but we'll yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners uh, decide. Um, for, uh, who they who they think um, should um, uh, who who inter should keep uh, tweet at us using the studio inter hashtag uh, and let us know who you think uh, we inter if if the choice was between Rafinha and Cancelo who would you choose and why I mean Cancelo is is ta- is tactical. But the other thing I wanted to mention is that one of the things that interests have
2: changed in the last few weeks you know we say that when things go wrong it's up to the coach to find new solutions but let found one because Inter attack with a back three now. Yeah. They play, you know, when they attack they play the same 3-4-2-1 that he had at Roma last season because Candreva comes inside, he's a, there's a double threat behind Di Cardi, D'Ambrosio comes in sort of tucks in a little bit and Cancelo goes wide and it creates more unpredictability, you know. So that's that's something that I've been I've been seeing a lot in the last few weeks. So You know, he's he's been really important, and someone like such as you know Dan it's not it's not quite the same. So that's another thing I want to mention. Uh,
0: Before we leave the derby, uh, I wanted to ask, uh, I want us all to name who we thought a man of the match was. Uh, Mo, who do you think was the man of the match?
3: Uh, For me, it was uh, Brozovic.
0: Mm. Cool. Uh, You will. (laughs) Brozovic.
2: But hang on. Are we saying who I think should be man of the match or who has been voted man of no, the no, match? No,
0: no. Who you th- who you think who you wanted to be? Like who who's it for you?
2: Well, I think we should reward Brozovic because although Miranda was exceptional, but you know if we spent half an hour saying we were surprised that Milan was so bad, then I don't think we can really pick one of our centre halves as man of the match. So I'm going to say Brozovic.
0: Um, for me, it was um, um, uh, for me it was Cancelo. I thought it was fantastic throughout the game. Uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, right uh, on um, uh, on Sunday uh, at uh, lunchtime. It's a lunchtime fixture, twelve thirty, half past twelve CET. Uh, Inter travel uh, to for the first of two very difficult away games uh, uh, at the Stadio Olimpico Grande Torino against Walter Mazzari's Torino, uh, who uh, have who under Mazzari have gotten a little bit of a Seem to have gotten a little bit of a renaissance before they fell down, and had some poor results, and then they've started winning again. Um, this is a game I fear a lot because Mazzari, you know, if we if we put aside his abysmal tenure at Inter and and everything surrounding that whole dreadful period at the club, he's a he's he's a he's shrewd in these games and in these situations, and playing against a coach like Spalletti who who likes to have possession and likes to. To, 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 to put pressure high up, is something that suits Mazzari really well. Um, I'm a bit worried. I'm, a, I'm really, really, really worried. Um, uh, I'm more worried for this than I am of the Atalanta game, uh, which is uh, the following week. Um, and for that particular reason, because I, f- I look at this as the ultimate trap game. It's Matsari, it's Torino away um Belotti you never really know he's had such a topsy turvy season he could end up scoring 3 or he could end up getting you know being completely invisible um so i'm i'm really worried uh, what are your thoughts uh, Will?
2: it's a difficult game i mean it's a game that you couldn't you can easily not win um you know it's um you know torino have been you know very very poor for a couple of months or so under Mazzari After a promising start, and, uh, but in this last week they've they've woken up. Uh, they scored eight goals in the last two games. Belotti scored a hat trick yesterday against Crotone, so he's refound some, he's rediscovered some form. Um, but you know, if this is a difficult game for for Torino, then sorry, if this is a difficult game for Inter, then it's a very difficult game for Torino as well. You know, I don't think Inter should be scared of any opponent they come up against, given what they've shown in the last few weeks. That's not to say that we're guaranteed to win. Um, but I, I've, I feel I feel protected, and, and I feel like I can trust this team more than I can and, than I could for the for the you know, for the past six months. So, you know, if we are to go away to Torino, I think this is the best time of the season to do it because I don't think we've been I don't think we've looked better than than we do at the moment. I mean, perhaps we might be tired because we had a very important derby on Wednesday, and there's not a lot of recovery time. But you know, Torino played as well. Um, I'm I mean, look, Mazzari. You know the X. Ex, the X is always scary you because you never know if you know God is going to reach down and spr- sprinkle some of His mystic magic that you sometimes get in football. You know these stories and twists of fate that you could never really explain. Um, but I, I, I don't think Inter should be necessarily worried. I think we have everything within our capability to beat Torino. You know, I, it's it's a very tough game, and and we probably need to win it to. Um, to stay ahead of Lazio because they're going to be away at Udinese, but um, you know I, I I'd feel fairly confident. You know if they're going to have to play very well to beat us. Um, so I mean, Mazzarri is good at this kind of game. But uh, no, I see. I, I share your. I understand what you're saying, but I I'm not and, terrified. I've been a lot more. I've been a
0: lot more scared. Yeah, ago. but I mean, Ansaldi, Yaya, it's like, mm, not 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 happy about this. Uh, Mo, what do you think? Ansaldi
2: scored his his first Serie A goal last week against. Uh, Against so yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it Mo. could happen. And on Saturday was
0: excellent in the first game. Yeah, he was. He really was. That's what I'm saying. Mo, what are you? What are your thoughts?
3: Um, no, I'm. Uh, look, I I don't want to jinx anything or uh, whatever, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried. I think, uh, like Will said, this is the best time to be. Fit. Like, it's unfortunate that we have three technically three away uh, games with the RB in a row, but. If there was any point in the season where where we would uh, take these uh, games, it would be now, and you know, um, like if we're afraid of Torino outplaying us, it's not going to happen. The only the only real cause for concern is Inter You know, <laughs> our, our defense our our defense is. Far more than capable to handle both Belotti and Gagliacch. It's it, it's. I mean, you know, there there there's no there's no real real concern there. I would like for Mazzotti to try and come and come out and come out of his shell and try and attack us because it would it would definitely make uh, Spadetti's uh, day easier in terms of uh, finding opportunities to, to score. But I don't think they will. And I I, I just I what I don't want to see is like. A provincial team sitting behind the ball and frustrating Inter and just like a shitty ninety minutes of like you know a scared provincial side trying to keep keep Inter out. So basically, but what we did against team, the big that, teams the Mazzarri.
0: <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah. That's, exactly. That's exactly. Exactly. And
0: that's that's what exactly. I exactly. If, if I I cannot.
3: Sorry, keep going. No, no. So if, if that happens, we're not we're not going to lose. We're going to draw. And okay, we're going to draw, we're going to get four points out of two games, Atalanta and Torino, and since the Rome derby is next week, I take four points out of these two games, godly. But if like, if Mazzari has like an ounce of guts in him and tries to go out at some point in time and attack us and take the game, I think it's Inter's match. I, I, I don't see it uh, any other way. I can
2: offer I can offer another um positive which I just which I just forgot which is that uh, Rincon is suspended for this game which is a very big miss because and, and he was,
0: Nyang, he was very and, good. and Nyang Nyang will per- almost certainly Nyang's
2: play, probably yeah. yeah although I don't
0: know if Niang would have necessarily
2: played because I don't think he's been starting in the last few games no, but he would have been you know he would have been an option on the counter attack. Yeah, there so is another thing about Mazzari Is you know obviously this is a game that you'd expect to him to play you know, speculating on the opponent as the Italians stay sort of sitting back and and waiting for for them to make the first move. But, you know, Torino are five points off the Europa League places. Um, I'm not sure how much a a draw really suits them here if they have a serious ambition of trying to get back into Europe. So at some point you would expect, you know, especially given they're playing at home, they're going to have to come out at some point. And even if they don't, you know, we have more options to break down a packed defence than we did a few months ago. You know, even if that were the case... You know, we we should be able to find a way through. I don't know. It, it's it's a dodgy game. It's lunchtime. I see what I see. Completely, what you mean you know, about this being dodgy and risky, but it is. But it's as it's as it's, it's as low risk as it could be, as a game like this could be, because we're in absolutely. A very, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. so listen to what Spalletti said. Exactly. He was really happy after the game on Wednesday. You know, he said at the start of the season, you kept on asking me if we'd been playing well, despite the fact, and I kept saying no because even. Though no, we've been winning, we've not playing very well. Now I've got a team that plays good football, that knows when to slow down, that knows when to speed up, that knows when to go wide, that knows when to keep it narrow, that has, you know, that has kind of maturity, that has great sort of moral values. You know, he seems he seems like he has the situation under control. And that makes me that makes me relatively comfortable. I mean, these are these are two decisive games. Let's not you know, let's not be um, let's not kid about here. We, you know, I think two draws. Is not a great return from these two games. We're going to have to win at least one of them, I think, um, Ooh, if we're going yeah. to stay ahead of Lazio. But
0: true. That's I true. think we can. That's a good point. That's a good point. Let's uh, go to the prediction part uh, of the show. And um, well, uh, I, I'll, I think I'll go first. And I think that um, I, I hope that uh, Icardi shuts everyone up and shows that it was a one-off thing. I hope that he goes out and, and actually dominates that, that game uh, in the way that only he can, meaning he's the Icardi that we've seen for most part of the season, his movement, his his synchronization uh, and movement pattern is synchronized really well with the rest of the team, and his clinical finishing is back again, and that he he gets a brace at least, which seems to be the running theme with him. When he scores one, he scores two. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a 2-1 win for Inter, uh, I don't think he will, I don't think will dominate Torino. I think Mazzari will be no. sure to, to make, uh, be sure to, to This plug. won't be another sampdorini into no, 5, for no, sure. No, 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 they, they really will. Mazzari will definitely plug all the holes. So, I think 2-1 two, for Inter. I think uh, uh, Jajic will score if, if he if he, if he he plays, because oh, he's one of my favourite players. He's my guilty pleasure. Um, and also, I think Ikari will score too. Uh, will?
2: I would like to make a political prediction. 1-0 Ooh. Mauro Icardi. Ooh, I like that. I really <laughs>
0: that, like that.
2: 1-0 Mauro Lovely. I like the fact that we've kept five clean sheets in a row because we haven't done this since 2005. I don't know when the last time we kept six clean sheets in a row was, but... Well, actually, I do because it was that it was on that occasion. But I don't think that really counts because the, the, that six-game run was the last five games of about four or five, and the first game of 0 five or six. And as far as I'm concerned, that doesn't count. Has to be in the same season. So I, this would be this would be impressive. You know, if Matsari spends ninety minutes behind the ball, then we can definitely keep a clean sheet. Yeah,
0: agree, agree, agree. Um, hope hope you're right. I don't care as long as we win. Um, Mo.
3: Yeah, I'm a hybrid of uh, both of your predictions. I think it's a clean shooter. So, I mean, all predictions are based on certain givens. The, the given that I'm using is there's no implosion. There's no, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Torino like, Winter uh, that, that was that the game Fiorentina. where our season collapsed last season. I just remembered that. The two-all draw. That, <laughs> that Fiorentina game, uh, when Handanovic... Uh, made, uh, cause a penalty in the first uh, five minutes uh, under Mancini, like, I, I'm discounting these scenarios. Under nor- normal circumstances, I think it's a clean sheet for Inter, and I think it's uh, multiple goals, so I think it's either a two or three, and of course, Icardi is scoring it more than one goal, and uh, I hope it's not kind of scoring the, the, the other, because I, like, he, he missed the derby. I hope his one goal this season comes in uh, against Lazio in the final game. In yeah, the 90th so, minute. Yeah, in the 90th minute, exactly. Revenge for 2002. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's Icardi and, and maybe Persic. Maybe. Maybe someone else from uh, from midfield. Okay. So, so I, I think it's... Well, uh,
2: well, nobody other than Icardi. Dior Perisic has scored for us since the 24th of February. So if we're going to win 3-0, <laughs> yeah, we'll win those two. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. So um, uh, that's there you have it. We'll see who's right uh, next week. Um, let's uh, move on to the party show, part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of and uh, uh, criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football, starting with the Frog of the Week, which will be presented by Mr. Will Beckman.
2: right the frog of the week is um is a man who often gets criticized and mocked in italy because he is uh he, he writes and he appears on television and he makes a lot of strange comments you know he's made that I, I i've got so many that are running through my head at the moment that we could talk about um, but there was one thing in particular which uh, he said a year ago which um has come back to bite him this week i'm talking about mario Sconcerti, by the way he used to be the director of uh, Corriere della Sport and he's been, he used to be, I think he was at Fiorentina for a couple of years and now he's kind of, uh, he writes for Corriere della Sera and he was on Sky Sport for a few years and he sort of, uh, and now he works for Rai, which is the, the state broadcaster. Um, but he, he wrote something very peculiar about Cristiano Ronaldo a year ago, which was quite spectacularly disproved. On Tuesday evening, when Cristiano Ronaldo single-handedly eliminated Juventus from the Champions League, barring some kind of ridiculous miracle in the second leg, um, he was. It was after the Juventus beat Monaco in the second leg of the semi-final of the Champions League last year, and he was talking about how Juventus' um, success in that last season's Champions League was down to their their, their attacking strength, and he said. Uh, Juventus have the best players in Europe. I fear that Cristiano Ronaldo would be on the bench in Turin <laughs> if he ever decided to move there. I <laughs> know. Hey, he did he say he, he, he would either play as the Tornante or he
0: be <laughs> a reserve. Christ. That didn't age well, was, did it? <laughs> that did not age particularly well. <laughs> Jesus oh, dear. Christ. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Right. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, move on to something slightly more positive. This week's Murati, which will be presented by Mr. Mohamed massa
1: Oh my God, he is beautiful. He is beautiful. Yeah.
3: Yeah, my uh, Murati of the week has to be. I mean, we've uh, spoken about him all much all uh, podcast long. It's uh, Brozovic. Um, I mean, his. Renaissance is uh, partly Ota, Spalletti is finding his position and all, but kudos to the guy. He's uh, He's been the missing piece in uh, the midfield puzzle. He's performed consistently well for three games in a row right now, and uh, man of the match, at least for me, in the derby. No one, no one performed over the 90 minutes better than him, than he did. And, uh, yeah, epic pick Roseau onwards and upwards.
0: Nice one. I agree with that. Wow. I think think, uh, for me, for me, Brozo. I think Spalletti's. If if this is a permanent thing, I think that would be Spalletti's biggest, greatest miracle, is to be able to (laughs) get get out, get out. You know, finally be able to get out because the pool. I mean, the the talent has always been there. It's always been a question of mentality and attitude. And if Spalletti can get the best out of this guy. Then, then we have a world-class player on our hands and that would be one of the greatest achievements, I think, in terms of man-man management that Spalletti has ever done in his career
2: i was just wondering Brozovic has been has been has been the Moratti now and he's also been the, the frog because you remember a few months ago I was talking about his, <laughs> yeah. ca- his cafe bar yeah. has anyone ever been all three before
0: no but so I, if, think, I think <laughs> I mean, so
2: Brozovic if Brozovic is a Moji in a future podcast, <laughs> I, think, I think, think down, actually,
0: actually hang on he's scores. been the Moji because when he's applauded oh, the he? fans ironically I think he was the oh was he the Moji that week yeah I think so I, I'm not sure but oh. I, I, do, I do have a oh I don't a, I remember okay vague, maybe he was I have a vague memory but I do I do have a feeling yeah. that if there's anyone in this world who can who can pull that feature off <laughs> <It's> him <laughs>
2: <laughs> a very special
0: triplete. oh yes <laughs> for a very special guy
2: right I just want to say before I forget yeah. you said you were going to tell us about your favorite Mourinho quotes about Mazzari don't yeah. forget that do you um, want to say that now or do you yeah, want to say that after yeah, the mochi um,
0: yeah I mean it was um, it was uh, wasn't it when when um, Mazzari, ha- I can't remember it was De Laurentiis and Mazzari, it was during the 2009-2010 season, they had been, as always, everyone in Italy tried to, to rough feathers with Mourinho, but, you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't start conflicts, he ends them. And, uh, in, in, and, and De Laurentiis had said that he would never ever in a million years hire Mourinho, to which Mourinho said, it's quite simple, he's right, it's quite simple, because he could never afford me. Um, and when he spoke about Matsari, because uh, I can't remember exactly what Mazzari had said, but then Mourinho t- turns to the camera. He he'd criticized um, uh, Mourinho for something, and Mourinho basically says that Mazzari it's Mazzari is in the coaching world, is, is the coaching world equivalent of a donkey, because a donkey will always be a donkey and will never win the Derby. Un sino non diventerai mai un cavallo di razza. Uh, a uh, <laughs> uh, donkey will never ever be a racehorse, um, which effectively shut Matsari up. Um, right, uh, let's move on to the uh, part of the uh, to the something slightly more negative. This week's moji, which I'll be presenting myself. <laughs> Um, this week's moji comes from um, a story reported by Corriere del Mezzogiorno, which is the uh, part uh, is the, belongs to the Corriere della Sera, but it's more locally based in the south, uh, in, in in the south of Italy. And I'm just going to translate what it says here: exorcist, exorcist, priest arrested, moji called to witness. Quote. Don Barone has important connections in the Vatican. Don Michele Barone, and again I'm not making this up, is an exorcist, uh, is a priest and exorcist of uh, Casertano, and he's been um, arrested for treating a 13-year-old, uh, for, for malt- maltreatment of a 13-year-old who he thought was possessed by the devil. And he's, also, he's been doing these exorcisms for quite a long time because he's been protected by the Vatican. Uh, however, he is not only uh, protected by the Vatican, he also has some VIP friends from the world of football and TV, namely Mr. Luciano Moji, who was interrogated by the police in connection to this to give information, if he could shed some light on the investigation, to which um, um, Moji basically said, he's a person who I respect uh, and uh, he, uh, I have never seen anything of the exorcism, but uh, when asked why he was friends with him, Don, Don, Don Luciano replied, Don Barone has important connections in the Vatican. Now, I don't know, I can't choose which part of this story for me is the moji of the week. Is it the exorcism in 2018? Is it the uh, ma- you know is it the, the 13- <laughs> is it the torturing of a thirteen is it the torturing of a thirteen-year-old being possessed by the devil? Is it Luciano Moggi having no scruples and morals and hanging out with this guy? Everything about this story makes my skin crawl. So this the above, all,
3: about all of the above.
0: All of the above, exactly. I was gonna say all of the above, from uh, the people in the Vatican who protected this guy to the exorcism priest to Modji. They are the moji of the week. Right. Um, that's uh, all we had time for this week. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Mitch for joining us. Don't be sure to check out his tactical analysis of the Derby de la Madonnina on Simprinter.com. Um, and I'd also like to thank you, Mo.
3: Hey, guys. Always good to be back.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you. you gotta, don't, don't be a stranger. Make sure it happen more often now. For sure. And I also like to thank uh, Mr. Will Beckman, as always.
2: Thank you, Nima. It's uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, forza
0: Inter. Of course. And until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tavale Rutsari, wishing you a good weekend, Un buon weekend, as sempre e solo forza. <speaking in Spanish>